Pretty impressive win. Yeah, very, very impressive. Base. I wanted to prove my worth, and tonight, I was not going to be denied. For your winner by unanimous decision, Cheyenne Bays. Wow! I hit him, and I could just see that you know the lights were on, but nobody's home. Try to get that bonus, you know. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! <laughs> Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, we're starting again a little late today. It's my fault. Um, I just have, I'm having something done on my terrace, and I just wasn't... Uh, everything's happening at once, so we're starting a minute late. Three minutes late, actually. So not that you guys give a shit, but my apologies for being a little disorganized today. Jimmy... Yes, sir. You got to concentrate on that terrace. I all positive, all happy memories on that terrace of me yeah. and you. Of me and you, nothing, nothing of being nothing weird. Just me and you, yeah, just bonding on that terrace. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's go back to the show. I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, Cheyenne Bay's her um, her husband also fights, and uh, our producer informed us that they debuted on the same card. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Like we know, husbands and wives have fought, uh, brothers or whatever. But has a husband and wife ever debuted at the same time? I don't no. think so. I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Okay, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a great night. No, they both lost, but I mean, it's still it's still amazing for that to happen, you know. This, the, the, no, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'm talking right over you. That's okay, buddy. Good. No, no, I'm no. Saying, I was, <laughs> I'm good. You go right ahead. You point when it's my thing. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go, buddy. I'm, I'm I'm here with you. My thing is, at least they both know, like, kind of, they both go through the same shit. First time in the UFC, it might have been worse if one of them won. <laughs> And it'd be like, oh, I'm so happy. And ah, shit, honey. Sorry about that. I don't, you that's know a good point. <laughs> Is that something to ask? Would it, no, yes, 100%. Hard. Sure. Let's bring her in. No, because of course she's going to say, no, we would have been happy for each other. But if yeah. she would have won and he would have lost, how would she have felt? Uh, let's bring her in. Cheyenne Bay's uh, first appearance on the program. She's twenty six, brand new fighter. She's five and two in the uh, five and two zero oh and one in the UFC. But again, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of time left in her career. Obviously, Jimmy, that's all only the one past. We don't even have to bring that yeah. shit up. Well, we have to ask, but they debuted together, which is pretty impressive. You're right. Let's talk about it. Hi, Cheyenne. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Ah, hey, salute. Excellent. Hey, there we go. Hi, Matt. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to finally meet you. It's Fuck yeah. Out. Where are you guys? Yeah, no, we're at the, we're locked in this hotel here uh, over at Residence Inn. Okay, you're doing the quarantine thing then. Yeah, we're quarantined out here. How long is the quarantine now? Has it changed at all since vaccination rates have gone up or is it two weeks still or no? No, we're actually, uh, we just check in on Tuesday. And then we just oh, okay. had to stay here until the fight. All right. So when was your last fight? When was that debut that you and your husband debuted on? March 20th this year. Oh, all right. So, so like four months ago. 
Okay, so let's say, let's bring it back, and then we're going to forget about that because we're moving forward, and that's in the past. Yeah. You got your debut, you and your husband. So exciting. Didn't go your way. How soon do we get back on the horse? What, 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 how, how was the following week after that? What did you guys do? Well, actually, before the fight, two weeks before the fight, I, I took a really bad injury. So two weeks before the fight, I got injured. I actually was going to pull out from the fight. And then uh, two days after I got injured, uh, we got the new opponent. My husband and I, we both fought. We both lost. The week after the fight, uh, the UFC, they hooked me right up. I got surgery done right away. And then after the day after surgery, I got right back into the gym. And I was like, I'm ready to just redeem myself. So so it's been four months of just getting back right. to 100 and then getting back into a fight camp and now I feel ready to go. Matt had a good point, but oh, sorry, Matt, before we, we, you came on, Matt made a great point about like you both, you both lost that first fight and it's rare to see a couple come in on the same card and make their debuts. So you, was it harder that way? Cause you're both dealing with this pressure of your first UFC fight. You both want to root for the, each other, but you're both worried about your own fights. Uh, how difficult was that not splitting that over two different cards? Honestly, this is our job. So it was actually really easy. The more difficult thing for me was just trying to deal with the injury. So dealing with him fighting and dealing with me fighting, of course, the house was, you know, a little tense from the weight cuts, but really we, and honestly, I would do it every time if I could, they, they actually, we told them, listen, if we could fight every time on the same card, we'll do that. Because if one's in camp, the other ones in fight camp. So we do this together and we're going to come up together. You've done that in the past. You guys fought on the same card. Yeah. We fought for LFA. Oh, all right. So it's nothing new. Yeah, no, we enjoy it. We, we actually enjoy it. Like, you know, for him, he has his own coaches then, and I have my own coaches, but of course we're going to support each other. I made the walk with him as the first fight. And then I sat in that back room and I just waited until mine. Jimmy, you're going to ask about the having children? Yeah, no, no, because you're saying being in camp together. So I'm saying, do you guys have any kids? No, we have dogs and cats. Okay, that, but that makes it easier. You don't have to take care of uh, kids. And I don't know this story, so I'll ask you, uh, because you told the story about uh, somebody putting a shotgun in your face, which I've had a gun put in my face before. It's very, very frightening. Um, what was the circumstances and, and how did you react? Wait, a shotgun in my face? Jimmy, are you thinking of Sean Strickland? Oh my God, I'm reading the wrong prep sheet. What a dope. I, knew it. I literally, I thank fucking, excuse my language. I knew it. And better you, listen to me, Jimmy. I want to be mature about this in front of our new French Cheyenne. Better you than me. And we're keeping this in the effing show. Keep it in. And I love it. Thank God. I could have gone I, with it. I could have came up with a story, but I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> thank God I was honest and said, I'm not familiar with the story. Thank God I didn't say I was familiar with the story, but I just, what happens is as we're talking, because we don't have paper in front of us, we're scrolling through two prep sheets and I happen to have Sean's up um, because I had, I knew what I was going to ask you at first. So listen, what would you do if you were there when Sean had a shot? <laughs> <laughs> Sean is a crazy motherfucker. Sean. He really is. He would probably just take the shotgun and, Shoot the other guy. I don't know. I, that guy, I, there's nothing that would surprise me with that guy. Oh, so you know Sean Strickland. Yeah, we're we're teammates now. Oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh, right. that's great. And where are you guys all training now? 
So I'm back at I'm back in Las Vegas over at Extreme Couture. Oh, with uh, Eric Mixtick and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good crowd over there. Yeah, I actually came to them back in uh when I was like 20 years old, and um I only left the gym. I left there a few years ago to go be with my husband overseas, but now I'm back. So. Was he in the military or training over there? No, my husband's South African. Oh, okay. So I left there to go be in fucking Africa. That was nuts. How was that? How it was, was it? Was it crazy? It was nuts, but it was awesome. Like amazing training, you know, being overseas and training with people like that who don't get many opportunities. It, it was quite inspiring. A lot of those people over there, you know, they train with a lot of passion and heart. So it, it was awesome to experience to live like overseas and, you know, just meet new people and learn from them. What is South Africa? Can we like, was it, was it like, were you in Johannesburg or like, I've heard like South Africa, like you have to be really careful where you go. Cause it, the crime can be very bad in certain areas. And like, you have to know where you're going. Oh yeah. It, it, it was nuts. It's nuts. Don't get me wrong. But uh, we were in a good area. We were in Johannesburg. We were kind of in like the, like the city richer area. So right. we, we were in a good area, but you know what? You can walk two blocks down the road and, then you're in a bad area, you know? So, yeah. um, but I mean, I guess that's anywhere in the world, but no, I mean, we, we were safe, but it's definitely a place where my husband, he won't let me walk alone. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cause he can fight and protect you. Yeah. You know, Bisping got, a got attacked over there in South Africa. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. He, a few years ago, he got, a he got attacked in Cape town. <laughs> what happened? I, I don't know the story. Uh, honestly, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I know he got, uh, what was it? Like a, drunk. he was drunk. I don't know. He was drunk. Walking, <laughs> walking the street. <laughs> he was drunk. I don't know. It's Bisping. Okay. <laughs> Again, probably doing something crazy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's crazy over there. So, you know, just walking the streets the, there, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, Cheyenne, you guys started early with the martial arts, right? Yeah. I got in Taekwondo when I was about four years old. 40 years old. And then when did like competitions, when did you get into that? So actually, well, I started in karate when I was four and then I transitioned, I moved, my parents moved. So then I transitioned to Taekwondo when I was around eight. And then I had to start all over from white belt. Yeah. So I started all over uh, in the belt rankings and I got in Taekwondo. I earned my black belt at 12 years old. And um, instead of doing competitions, I was on a demonstration team where I traveled and I taught at many schools for self-defense. So, yeah. So I was more of an instructor at a young age. I never got to really compete. Oh. So I was actually supposed to compete in Greece, but then my, my coach blew his knee out and uh, we were training for that for a big competition out there, but I never got to go with my coach. So uh, I wasn't an athlete that got to compete a lot. But um, yeah, I was definitely big into going to schools and demonstrating for for students and teaching self-defense. And then I got into MMA when I was about 14. I just turned 15 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. After starting MMA, when did you first get to actually compete about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually well, I started doing jujitsu competitions about four to five months after I started MMA. And then I was about 15 and then I got into uh, fighting four days after my 18th birthday. So I was 17 in my training camp. My mom had to like sign off for me because I was living in Florida. So they didn't let me fight until I was 18. Oh, wow. I was supposed to fight kickboxing, but I was scheduled for a kickboxing bout when I was 17. 
but then I got arrested and then like two days before my, my fight. So then I wasn't able to fight. <laughs> oh, wow. You arrested for fighting. Yeah. I got arrested for fighting. Yeah. Did you start it or were you trying to back out or was it one of those things where you had the skill set and it was hard? It was, it was in school. I got bullied in school. Yeah. And um, for months I made reports to the school saying, listen, these girls are bullying me. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to hurt them. You know, I stayed away from them. I did everything correctly. And um, then one day um, there were cheerleader girls that were bullying me because I, I cheered throughout high school, but I wasn't liked. I was known as the fighter girl because I did MMA, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so. <laughs> and they were fucking with you knowing you fought that you're the one they went after. Yeah, they knew I wouldn't hurt them. You know, they knew I wouldn't touch them because, you know, in Taekwondo, my hands and feet were like registered. So like I knew if I fought or touched anyone, I would get in trouble in the school. I demonstrated at my own school, you know, so the right. school knew. And so I was like, listen, I went to the school. I made many reports about these girls and it got to the point where um, I quit the cheerleading team. And then when I quit the cheerleading team, they kept uh, bullying me and harassing me online in person and then they fired the cheerleading coach because i made reports to her but she never handed those in to the school wow. and unfortunately the friend the girls that were bullying me was best friends with the cheerleading coach so when the cheerleading coach got um fired the cheerleading moms it's so fucked up the cheerleading moms actually made a report on my mom and on child protective services Wow. And so one day I'm in school and my mom texted me saying our house is getting raided by Child Protective Services. Oh, wow. So I immediately jumped out of my classroom and I asked if I could go to the bathroom and I took my car and I ran home to my mother. And uh, when I saw my mom getting like questioned and me getting questioned and then they had to take my little brother out of school to question him. I lost my shit. I went back to that school. I waited right outside for them. And when I saw them, I fucked all of them up. That's the. Oh. And you know I, what? I was very proud of it. And I don't care. Oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. What were they bullying you about? Like, just what was it? What happened with you and them where they're bullying? Like, why would they think you're a target? Like, it's so crazy to me that they would bully the person who they know could wipe the floor with them. Honestly, just rich white girls. I don't, I don't know. You know, what's crazy is, you know, they're cool to me now, you know, they're cool now. Like, Oh, it was high school drama. You know, I'm over it. It happened. My mom never got taken from me. The, the child protective services knew it was a lie. They were trying to say that my mom gave the cheerleaders alcohol. I was like, what? I was like, those girls don't even show face in my house. So yeah, what, nice. you know, like it was all drama and, and it's in the past, but whenever I tell people I got arrested, I'm very proud of that because no one's going to mess with my family like that ever. Word. And your injury is, is okay now. So how are you feeling this Saturday fighting uh, Uriah Hall? I might as well stay on Sean Strickland's prep. <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, I feel so good. Last fight, you guys didn't even get to see, see me. I, I, I was so injured. And I don't mean to say that as like an excuse because right. if I would have won, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, but I'll never pull from a fight. I can have two, no arms, no legs, and I'm going to find a way to fight, you know? And I went in there and I did my best, but I knew when I walked out of that cage, 
I knew that was one of the worst performances, one of the worst feelings I've ever felt going into fight. I didn't care about winning. I just cared about making sure my arm was okay to throw a punch. You know, I didn't have in my head, go in there and win. I went in there and I was like, okay, go in there and just do what I can, you know? So leaving there, I knew I, I knew my injury was really bad. And uh, when I went to the doctor, the doctor was like, listen, you need full reconstruction surgery in your arm. So I was like, no way, because the recovery time would have been a year, a year off. And so I luckily went to a doctor again, a new doctor, because that one doctor was like, listen, you have to get the Tommy John surgery, which is like the baseball surgery. I was like, no way am I doing that coming off a loss like that. So I went to another doctor and then they told me, listen, you do need that surgery, but we can, what we can do is we can do the scope surgery, clean you up in there and see if that helps. And, um, honestly, that was the best decision I made with that doctor. I, I feel wonderful. I've been dealing with this injury for years. So like dealing with the mess in my arm, that's not a big deal, but the bone chips that I had in there, it was about two centimeters of bone chips I had in my arm and having those out, my arm's been fine. I feel strongest I've ever felt. I mean, I'm back with my old team. I honestly feel like rejuvenated. I feel like a completely different person. Uh, you sound great. Yeah. Thank you. You sound channeled in. You yeah. Know? yeah. I've, I've never been, the, I'm not fucking going zero and two in the UFC. I, I am way better than that. I, I just, I put that in my head. I'm like, I can go in there and I can be zero and two or I can be one and one. I don't like one and one, but it's better than zero and two. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just fucking beat her ass, man. Like that's all I can do. And you, uh, you fired your manager, which I think is great because you, uh, they, 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 look, they get a percentage is what managers do, but they try to tap into your bonuses and you just weren't having that. How do they try to tap into your, do they ask you first or they just try doing it? And you're like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? Listen, I, it's going to sound like I'm talking shit, but you know, I have to stand up for what is right. And so I'm, I'm going to just say it how it is. My manager was my coach. And when I came to the gym, I had no option of anything. He told me, listen, I take 15% of everything. Now, obvious when I came to him, I wasn't in the UFC. So I wasn't focused on bonuses. I had no idea he took bonuses. Now, as I went on this coach, he never held pads for me. He says he doesn't believe in holding pads. Like he, he was my, my rounds coach. You know, when I do my rounds, he just coaches my rounds, but he wasn't like my striking coach. He wasn't my jujitsu right. coach. He wasn't anything. He just, he coached my rounds and you know, we had a, we had a decent relationship, I, I would say. But then one day I, I heard in practice how he was like, Oh, when you guys get bonuses, that's how I get paid. And I was like, wait a second. Uh, so I went around and I asked a few people on the team. I'm like, Hey, like, do you give him 15% of your bonus? And they're like, yeah. And one day I kind of had a, uh, I kind of argued with the coach and I was like, listen, I'll never give you 15% of my bonus. That's for my family and for my training partners. Like, let me pay my training partners. Let me pay people that actually help me and invest in me. You know, 15% is $7,500 of $50,000. That is a lot of free money. And honestly, if I'm going to give it to someone, I'm going to give it to the people that I have to beat up in my camp. You know, I'm going to give it to the people that invest in me. And, you know, I didn't have a striking coach the whole time I was at that gym. You know, I was my own coach. My husband was my wrestling coach. You know, so like 
I, I didn't believe that that was fair, but because I was on the team and he was my coach, I had to be respectful. But when I left that gym, of course, I'm going to stick up for those teammates. Like they're giving this man $7,500. And I, if they want to give that to him, that's fine. But what I believe in is I think that 15% is absolutely ridiculous. And he told me that, that actually all managers do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was managed by Misha Tate before, before him. So when I called Misha and I asked her, and I called my coach, Ray Seffo, who owns PFL. He told me that that's ridiculous. So, you know, like, right. obviously I'm going to stick up for that. I don't think that's right, but I've never made the $50,000. So I never had to give it to anyone, but I, I just, I'm, I'm very vocal. And if I'm, I'm going to say things how it is, and I'm going to defend things for what is right. And so I never bashed him and I never will, but of course I went to Twitter and he told me that he thought 15% was fair and that that's nothing. So of course I went to my Twitter and I asked, I was like, do you guys think this is fair? Even though he's not my manager, I don't have one right now, but I'm sure. not going to let anyone walk all over me. And I'm not going to let someone tell me that they think that something's fair when personally I don't, if they don't do enough to invest their time and energy into me. Good for you, Cheyenne. You uh, and your husband fighting too. Where did you guys meet? Did you meet in the gym or were you over in South Africa for something else? Was he here? No. So I was actually, I've always been in Vegas and uh, I've always been at Extreme Couture. I came here when I was an amateur and um, my, my head coach is Dennis Davis. And he actually went over to South Africa to go corner one of uh, our teammates over there. And he went to a nightclub after and my husband was there. And um, they were actually talking and my husband was all drunk and he was like, oh, who's the hottest chick at Extreme Couture? <laughs> and then uh, he was like, is it Misha Tate? And then my coach was like, I think you would like this girl. And he showed him my Instagram. And ever since my my husband would like blow me up on Instagram and I, I would ignore him for like months. I mean, he would write me and he's like, you're gorgeous, this and that, like we're going to get married. You don't know it. And I mean, I was rude. I was like, I was like, you're right. I don't know it. Like, <laughs> I was like, who are you? You know? And then, you know, one day he was so consistent on like messaging me. So I like, I wrote him back and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll like, this guy's really nice. So I was like, he's, he's really trying and man, he just stole my heart. And then he literally, he went from South Africa bought his own plane ticket to Vegas and he showed up at my doorstep and he's like, listen, you're my girlfriend. I'm here to claim you. <laughs> and ever since then, we have never left each other's side. And that didn't freak you out. See, that, that's encouraging that that worked because whenever I say hello to a girl on Instagram, they block me. So that's really nice that that works sometimes. I guess if you're a good looking fighter uh, from South Africa, that does impress a woman, but that didn't freak you out at all. You were like, I guess you had talked to him for a while before that. Um, you know, we talked for like a month before, but he was writing me months before and like, I, I ignored him for a little bit. And then, you know, on my birthday actually was when I was like, Oh, like he wrote me saying, I'm sure your Instagram is getting inbox is getting flooded with messages. I just want to let you know, happy birthday. You are the most gorgeous woman I've ever <laughs> seen. And uh, so I was like, all right, this guy's really nice. And, you know, as soon as I started talking to him, I realized wow, this guy is very genuine. I could feel. And he kept telling me, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. And I'm like, no one in their life has told me they're going to marry. Like for real. Like I was like, yeah, I didn't believe him, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, laughing about it. And he's like, I'm going to come see you. 
And I was like, you are like, I was like, where do you live even? And so he put, he lived in SA and I'm in Nevada. So I'm like, oh, so you're in San Antonio. And he was like, no, I'm in South Africa. And I was like, what are you nuts? I was like, this is never going to work. <laughs> and then next thing you know, he was like, huh? Like, it's not going to work. And then next thing you know, he bought a plane ticket and he came to me. Wow. How long have you guys been together? How long is this? About three, three and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. So it's going good. Now I feel I'm going out. I'm just going my instincts here. I think if my little buddy here, Jimmy, had that same approach with the, with the lady, I feel that there would be a first an order of protection. And then uh, most likely the police would get involved and Jim, my little Jimmy would most likely get locked. If he ended up on your doorstep, there'd be a video, like one of those ring, ring videos of yeah. Jimmy there and then the police coming up and him screaming, no, no, he's going to be my wife. I'm just saying hello. I'm just saying hello. She doesn't know she's going to marry me. That's what I see in my head. If that was Jimmy. But your husband, yeah, your husband's alpha. Not that Jimmy isn't, but Jimmy. I can't. I gotta give it to him. He's a man of his word, and it—that's what what I loved. And he's, you know, you kind of get a sense of somebody if they're if they're somebody's pursuing you in a nice way. Like if somebody is like not being an asshole about it, but just being genuine and going like, Hey, I really like you. And, and you're looking at him like, yeah, he's kind of good looking. Like that's fine. And nice once in a while, it does work out well. So I'm happy that worked out. That's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, once I started talking to him, you know, I really liked him. So when yeah. he did come, I did really like him already. And I, I guess I was more like when he showed up in Vegas, like I knew he was coming, but I guess I was more like, wow, did someone really just do this to be with me? Like, I couldn't believe yeah. that someone would want to do that for me, you know? So, like, he makes me feel like a princess, so. Well, that's awesome. And uh, you're fighting Saturday night, Glory to Paula. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, it's great getting to know you, and it was really fun having you on. Thank um, you. I'll tell you, that went fast. That was yes. like half an hour. <laughs> yeah. I do another one easy. I'll tell you, you're a very genuine person, and yeah. I, we want to have you back on. Thank you, Matt. I'm a big fan of you. Oh, I love you. So much. I think you're think you guys are great. So I really appreciate it today. Nice talking to you, Cheyenne. And good luck on, on Saturday. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Thank you. We'll talk to me when I win. So yeah, so after you win, we'll talk to you when you're one and one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys. All right, Cheyenne. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. There we go. You got me. Gotcha, man. Yes. Go, man. Sorry, guys. I dropped out of high school. I thought you only need Zoom for people who have jobs. Wait, wait. Would you say you dropped out of high school? Yeah, man. Like Zoom is for people who fucking work from home, man. I don't have a fucking job. Dude, I dropped out of high school too. Isn't it great to drop out of high school <laughs> and actually have a gig you like? Oh, I mean, you're fucking funny, bro. I mean, how nice is that? All you gotta do is fucking talk. Thanks, man. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Sean, you have a <laughs> reputation. I'm so happy we're getting to get to know you here. Yeah. Because you, my friend, have a reputation as a wild man yeah. in a sport filled with wild men and women. Speed of all, man, man. I was a little disappointed that you didn't fucking slap that baby guy. I watched the video. Oh. I liked it. But I was like, man, you should have just got the fuck up and you should have been like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yo, no, <laughs> Sean, I can see I can see you handling that differently, Sean. Oh, I would have fucking smacked him and Diego. Oh, <laughs> you know, 
But wait, <laughs> Sean, let me, I want to get to know you, man. Wait, so you dropped that. Where did you grow up? Corona, uh, fucking Inland Empire, Southern California. Okay. All right, man. And how did you? So what happened in high school, dude? You used to scrap a lot. Oh man, I uh, fuck. I mean, I was just a fuck up, dude. I was a fuck up. Um, just yeah, I just fucked up a lot. Like to be a fighter, there's two ways to become a fighter. You either have to be a collegiate athlete and be a badass wrestler, or you have to fuck up and make a ton of bad decisions. <laughs> I was never a college athlete. I fucked up a lot. You did. It's so funny. It's so yeah, funny. and we've heard that story before. Guys that fuck up, but then you turn it into something like you know this amazing. Here's how I know you're like the real deal too. After there was that incident in the gym, you went on Instagram and you were you were talking to people who were criticizing you, and and talking about how if they were in your face. Uh, you, it was such a great video where you're like, I would fucking smack you in front of your son. Or what? It was really. Well, no, funny. I would like don't worry, I would prefer not to. Like, I sure, would sure. To, I would like to just laugh at people, but in the moment, dude, like, there's this little fucking voice in my head that says, "Hit that motherfucker," and I'm like, "No, man, don't. Just walk away." And the more, like, the more I fucking, I try to walk away, the louder the voice gets. I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm doing this shit." That's how you end up in prison. Yeah. Holy shit, man! I could read. I could read. I'll tell you right now. I can relate to short yeah, Strickland. Right. I, I definitely am picking up what you're putting down. And not only that, from this fucking four minutes we've been talking, I can already tell what happened in that gym. I can see you were like a bit of a ball breaker. You were probably joking around. And then shit just got, I'm talking about when you were in Orlando. I, I mean, I was fucking, I fuck around everybody. Man. Like if you walk in the gym, the first time I ask him, are you fucking good? And so I told him that, you um, he said, like, he was a world champion in fucking jiu-jitsu. And, like, I'm an MMA fighter. Like, you, you watch world champion jiu-jitsu means jack shit in MMA. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> if you're, like, a D1 wrestler or some shit like that, I mean, I'm like, all right, fuck, man. I'm like, yeah, that's something. So, anyways, I, I think I think he got insulted, which he should have been because I was insulting him. And he did that. <laughs> that's fucking great. That's great. Well, you guys are all good now, though. You guys are all good Yeah, now. no, I mean, dude, honestly, I deserved it. I, I was fucking right on my mouth. So you take a little while to cool down, but then you look at things like, so you have like a cooling off period. Then you kind of go over it again and go, all right, this is what happened. And maybe I could have done this or that. Seconds. Like the moment I lose my shit and I have like an emotional outburst, like a fucking female, like after, I'm just like, all right, I'm good, man. Like, yeah, I get that. Unless again, if I didn't deserve it, if I didn't deserve it, it would be one thing, but right. you know, I was calling him a fucking pussy. I didn't call him a pussy, but you know, I was pretty much saying your entire life's work is fucking useless to me. Like, that <laughs> uh, works his ass off me, world champion. I'm like, yeah, sure. fucking, fucking jujitsu, right? No, I think that's hysterical. <laughs> now, why is it? Is it because why is that you're respecting the wrestlers more so than a jujitsu champion? Can I just tell you my my thoughts is. Some the wrestling guys have the grit and whatnot, and some jujitsu guys aren't just used to getting touched. But you, what is why is it that you have like you said like you have more respect if you found out he was a a D one wrestler than a world class jujitsu player? Well, how many how many fights do you in the UFC now? We're not talking about back in the day. Are guys winning off their back? Uh, oh, back in it. Well, I guess the earlier you get, it's probably more like. But now, now when guys go to the back, generally what happens? They get the shit elbowed out of them. They lose the fight. You don't really like Paul Craig. Like <laughs> jujitsu, like don't wrong. Like you have to have an understanding of jujitsu to do it. But 
fuck, man, wrestling's way tougher than jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, you just don't really win fights off your back in MMA. Occasionally it happens, but, you know, if you go to the back, you're losing. You would prefer, you definitely prefer to be on the top. That's why a lot of guys are also looking to, that's interesting, because a lot of guys are looking to cut weight, and you actually went up a weight class after your motorcycle accident. That's correct. You went from welterweight to middleweight. Yeah. You know, dude, being like cutting weight, it's kind of like a coward thing to do. Not, not, not a coward thing to do, but you sometimes you think the more I give up, the more I sacrifice, the more I'll get back in life. And it turns out life really isn't that way. You know, like the more you fucking sacrifice, you don't really get back in life. That's not how shit works. It's a lie, they tell you. No, I'll tell you, a lot of guys feel better at a more natural weight. I mean, I was like a tweener, dude. Like, I, I cut down to 55 and looked like Gollum with a big head, and it was so difficult. I'd drink like a fucking Dixie cup, and I'd be almost nauseous trying to get the water back in. And then 170, it's good, but I'm fucking 5'6", dude. I'm up to your nipples, Strickland. So yeah. I wish there was like a 160 weight class back in the day. But I hear you, dude. You do feel better having your fucking natural fucking fluids in you and stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, and then, like, the whole fuck, it's a fat camp, dude. It's a fucking fat camp. Like, you get an eight-week fight, it's fucking low. Let me get on the scale. Like, I'm not even thinking about my fight. I'm just thinking about my weight. Nah, that fucking sucks, dude. Then all your someone's like, hey, you know, you can win a title, become a fucking multi-millionaire if you go and go back down to Walter Way. I'll fucking go throw up in that toilet right now and make Walter Way. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's gonna happen. And uh, that what what was I don't know the story. And this is what a stupid asshole I am. Uh, is we have a prep sheet in front of us with stories and stuff, and, and it's on a computer because we don't we're not in person. So I'm so dumb. Our last guest, by the way, who likes you a lot, uh, uh, Cheyenne Mays, uh, but Bay Cheyenne Mays was talking about you, and I I fucking read your question to her about the shotgun story. Uh. He asked, he asked Cheyenne, oh, what was it like to have a shotgun in your face? And I'm like, holy fuck, I knew it was for you. <laughs> you know what it is, It was like dumb, dude. Like, here's the thing. If someone puts a gun to your head and you're not fucking dead, they don't want to kill you. So you could take that. You could take that to the bank, right? Now, if you put a gun to your head and you fucking wake up in hell or heaven, then, well, guess what? You fucking gambled wrong. But for the most part, People just want to fucking bully you, intimidate you. And if you're kind of like, you know, when you're younger and dumber, you're just more apt to fucking die. Not so much anymore. I mean, I still might considering. What happened? Somebody put a a shotgun in your face? It was so fucking dumb. I was in some shitty like house gathering in like Elsinore. Like my buddy goes and grabs me, right? And like I, I throw him in a wall. He puts a hole in the wall. Girlfriend comes downstairs and says, hey, like pay for the wall. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I don't even know you guys. He's your friend. Have him do it. And then the girlfriend like comes back downstairs again and was like, hey, you know, my boyfriend's listening. Like, I really think you should do it. I really think you should pay for it. And I, I could kind of tell she had like some fear in her eyes. So, you know, me being a dick. I'm like, well, I walk up the stairs. I'm like, hey, well, listen, man, if you want me to pay for the wall, you can come suck my fucking dick and earn that money. <laughs> Next thing you know, fucking dude comes down with a fucking shotgun, puts it in my head, tells him what the fuck he's gonna kill me. So I put my hands up. I'm like, man, dude, I'm so sorry, I fucked up. He's like, fuck you. And then I, I grab the gun. Obviously, I just put my hands up, you know, just to fucking don't shoot me. Grab the gun, start slamming his head through the fucking wall. And then he fell down, kneed him in the face, took the shotgun, and I like pointed the gun at him. And I like, it was that split second of like rationalizing. Girlfriend jumps on top and starts crying, begging for his life. Yeah, it was really awkward at that moment. 
And then I just fucking, you know, I, I literally fucking took the round out of the gun, gave it back to him. It was all fucked up and bloody. I walked away. Sean, let me tell you something. You are in the right business. Yeah. Aren't you happy that you could be locked in a cage with another person and you could exercise your demons that you have? You know what? Fighting is different. I like to train. Like, I walk in a training, man, like, it's therapy. Fighting is a little different. Fighting is my fucking career. It's money. I do enjoy MMA, and I enjoy the, the, the rush of adrenaline I get, but it's a little bit more, like, business-orientated, you know? Right, because it because it's how you pay your rent. So it's not it's not just the craziness, oh, I, want, I want to kick somebody's asses. This is this is a job, well, this is a strategy. If the UFC was like, hey, here's a flat fee, I'll let you fight this many times and by the time your career is done you know you'll be wealthy and set off bro i would fucking walk in there like let's fucking go you know but it's so different when you're like i don't want to fuck up and eat a spinning back heel kick and get knocked out in 30 seconds and lose my fucking paycheck you know did you ever see that boyfriend again by the way because how embarrassing for that guy because that's what i would do i would wind up trying trying to posture up and some guy would take my gun and make an asshole out of me like just really embarrassing no, dude, like, don't be wrong. Like, I mean, I, I don't I don't really hate on people. Like, I'm not mad at him, dude. I told you to suck my dick. I was in your house. Like, the fuck else are you supposed to do? <laughs> you yeah. know, fuck, I would do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is wild, man. You're yeah. a very interesting but guy. You, but, like, Sarah, you know what it is. You're like, you're like, you came from the old school train of thought. Like, you train, you, like, I'm assuming you used to spar back in the day, right? Yes. So, I mean, I'm 40. I, I was like the mixed breed, the Dan Hendersons, the, I was like, I was like the older school who transitioned to new school, man. And these new guys are fucking pussies, dude. That's fucking great. Like, I'll tell you right now, they always say Randy Couture and all these guys that you should spar. And they know that if, if you can take their mindset and you could put them in the new generation, you would have a whole different level of fighters. But like the new generations, man, it's too mainstream. Guys are fucking pussies. Now, interesting. Now, tell me about that. Like, when I... As far as are they not sparring as much, or are they just what is it? They just they're selective in rounds. They don't pick hard rounds. Like don't know, there's some outliers, but I've noticed that a lot of like high end guys that you watch in the UFC, like eh, it's 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 not how it was, man. It's not how it was. I mean, that's like that with a lot of this shit from back. In, we were just talking to Cheyenne, and she was telling us problems with the manager. And dude, I didn't back in the day. It was a guy Joe Silver. He was the matchmaker. I would call him when I, when's my next fight? There was no middleman. I had one trainer. It was long and line two. Henzo and Longo. I mean, it, everything gets complicated when I guess there's more money in it. And yeah, yeah. you know, you're running on a fucking, on a, you're doing the Versa climb or the snorkel on and everybody's got a <laughs> technique. Strickland, I'm with you, man. You get your sparring in, you get your fucking run your hills. Keep, I'm with you with the old school shit, dude. If Adesanya were to put on jump on one leg and jump in a circle, every fighter would start putting one leg up and jumping in a fucking circle, dude. People are fucking idiots. Fucking idiots. And that's like it's so funny. Like you'll see somebody like peddling some like stupid marketing thing that like Adesanya would get paid like you know probably like thirty or a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. I'm not saying Adesanya. This is any high level guy. Yeah. They put some stupid shit on their fucking face. Next thing you know, like. A week comes by and all my friends are doing the same stupid shit. Like, people are fucking idiots. Hey, 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 Sean, tell me, man, because you are an interesting guy. Besides training and, uh, you know, beating up guys at house parties back in the day, what are some of your hobbies that you like to do when you're not doing training? Are you still riding motorcycles? 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I got a couple motorcycles. Probably in a bike. No one up this bike. I just I don't really ride as much, dude. Fucking man, like I'm like I'm a homebody, dude. I don't like to go out. I don't like to be around fucking people. I like I like to sit. I like do remodels in my house just because I don't like to fucking leave. You know. I don't get along. With, I don't get along with people, dude. They just fucking. It's a. It's probably. Wow. A, I'm sure yeah. you, you have a certain amount of friends that you do get along with. A certain crowd of guys you train with, or something where you could break some, you know, break balls with it. There's certain people I'm sure you like to be around. No, dude, my, my my only really social interactions at the gym. Like I don't really like I go to the gym. Hey, what's up, guys? Bunch of fucking pussies. Let's far. We had a good weekend, and then you know I, I go back to my fucking house where I'm alone. <laughs> do you do you do you do anything in particular when you're home? Like, is there one thing that you love to do that just kind of brings you peace or relaxes you? I do. I can't sit still. Usually, I like do a bathroom remodel. I'm doing a fucking bathroom remodel right now, like a pretty intense one. Just because, like, I don't know. When I sit still, I start thinking about my own mortality too much. I'm all like, man, dude. Like, you know, you sit still, and you're like, I waste an entire day. I'm gonna die at like 1:30. Maybe like 30 years if I'm lucky, man, I shouldn't gotta get the fuck up and do something. And now I can't see you sitting watch binging a series. Do you watch any kind of television or anything or no? No, I will maybe for it. No, not really. Maybe like right now it's fucking fight week, so I'll fucking watch something. I was a big fan of like, you know, the Punisher. I will say I will throw down with the Punisher. I've watched like three times. I, I can relate to that, man. So it's always nice to be watching the fucking psychopath you work. You're like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. You get it. You fucking get it. <laughs> and can I tell you that's a that, that that series is violent as shit. Oh my god! The Netflix one with John Benethrol, Beneth, whatever the fuck. John, uh, yeah, John Beneth. Uh, ben, I think I, I can't say either. The level of violence of just like understanding, you know, of like the fucking mind of somebody who's violent, like it just fucking hit it. So, so how did you? What, what when you first started training? You, I guess you you you're pretty much made for this, Sean. When did you know you were going to make this your career? Oh, man, dude. That's actually funny, dude. Um, it's not funny, but when I was younger, I was like a fuck-up dude. You know, like just every other story of like an abusive alcoholic. I mean, if you're a fucking fighter, you have some dysfunction, right? So uh, my grandfather was like this big, you know, southern, super racist fucking guy. Super racist, right? So I was like this angry, angry fucking kid. I mean, I was so angry. Like I'd walk down the street with a fucking, like being a kid, walk down the street with a brick, just hoping I could fucking kill somebody. So anyways, I had like all this fucking anger in me and I started gravitating towards like racism, you know? Cause I mean, when I say this, I'm talking elementary school. Like, so I started like gravitating towards like, like these racist, crazy, violent ideas. And then got kicked out of school for a couple of like, hate crimes, you know, high school for a couple of like, hate crimes. And then I started training when I was like maybe 14 or so. And then I remember the first time I sparred, man, I was like, dude, I'm not like, I'm not racist. I'm just super angry. You know, I just, I needed, I just needed something to hate. Like when you're so angry, you have so much hate in you. Like you just, you, you have to put it somewhere, you know? And then I started training. And I was like, fuck man. Like my life got better. I started experiencing happiness. I started seeing things clearly, you know, my, my, like, like, I always try to tell people, like, when you're an angry motherfucker and you don't know you are, it's like you're seeing the world distorted. Like, you're not, you're on a different wavelength. Like, me and you could have an interaction with each other. And unless I train, I, I, I will not see the interaction as it happened, you know? So, like, MMA, dude, it fucking saved my life, man. Fucking. Or, like, it saved my fucking life. Jimmy, it not only saved his life. But it potentially saved a lot of people's lives. Somebody else's life, yeah. Oh, man, I used to walk down the street, like, just, like, 
trying to put myself in a situation just to fucking kill somebody, you know, just because I thought it would make me feel better. Just like hurting somebody would make me feel better. That's where training is therapy, don't you feel? Well, I feel like I trained and everyone's like, man, Sean, like save something for the fight. Like you, you train so hard. I'm like, dude, it's just my natural state. Like this is not, I don't, there's no, no, nothing to save the fight. Like this is me fucking 24 seven. Well, you said it was interesting too. You go, you said that I, I realized I wasn't racist. I was just angry. It's one of those things that when someone is angry, they find something to focus on. Oh, oh that's what I'm mad about. But you realize the anger was had nothing to do with that it was just there already oh yeah no when i was when i was a kid man i wanted to have like the swastika tattoo on my chest fucking american history x and i wanted to go to prison for that like like i wanted to be i wanted to be a fucking piece of shit and then you know and then fighting you gotta understand with fighting it's such a multi like cultural thing you know like i'm not i i would never say that someone's race i i say this like for instance like everyone that really helped me when i was younger has never been white all the white people and authority that have been in my life, the only thing they've done is fuck with me. You know, they've only thing they've done. Is fuck. And I'm, I'm not saying it's because they're white. It has nothing to do with that. And they're saying that like, as a kid though, you know, now I'm, now I'm 16, I'm 17. And all these people that are like, actually like helping me out, you know, some of them are gangbangers. Some of them are like, some of them are like people who like seen me and understood me. Like, no, nah, man, you're just an angry fuck here. Here's how to box. Here's this, here's that, you know? So it, it like, it kind of like helped it helped deprogram me because you have to understand when you're a kid when you're when you're in third grade and you're being fed like racist propaganda it it, it program it brainwashes you so then as I got older like fourteen and I started going to gyms and meeting people like they started like deprogramming my brain a little bit you know so I'm like oh fuck okay this makes sense this makes sense but you, you take a kid in third grade who's or fourth fifth grade who's saying this not the kid it's it's not the kid someone's brainwashing them you know what you're saying that will uh, I, I know you're fighting and that's your concentration now but that that thing you're just talking about you'll be able to help a lot of people with that as because it's an experience that a lot of people have and people will listen to you because you're not some guy that is just being culturally polite like you're a person that lived it you're obviously a, a fucking a, a killer and you came through and go, no, I was being programmed wrong when I was a kid. That's a really interesting perspective and you're honest about it. And a lot of people aren't. So I think you'll be able to use that to help a lot of people someday. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, you know, it's, it's funny. People are like, like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about that past. Cause you know, with like the cancel culture, I'm like, listen, man, like if you're going to hate on an abused kid for being brainwashed to feel a certain way, and you're going to hate on him and be like, well, fuck you then, dude. Fuck you, man. Like, you're part of the fucking problem, you know? So, yeah, I, feel I the, think I feel, the honesty is good. MMA is the best thing ever, man. I, I honestly feel bad for kids. You know, you, you see them and they're just going through life angry and aimless. And they're going to find something, whether it's drugs, whether it's games, whether it's fucking anything. They're going to find they're going to find something to put that anger in. And it's shitty because it won't be constructive like MMA. When you had your first fight, in a, a sanctioned fight in MMA, whether it's amateur, yeah, amateur fight, whatever, did it did it feel like okay? Thank God, I have at least now I found this. I could channel every. I could channel all this fucking craziness into this. This will. Did you know after your first fight? Nah, man, it's funny. You might know Paul Herrera, right? I mean, he he's like an old. He like, he's like back in the day. Who is Paul, it? Paul Herrera? Yeah, he got fucking Gary Goodrich. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, man, shit. And not only that, he went in there like a fucking gangster. He went in double leg, and he, Jimmy, and uh, this was like UFC number two or two. Yeah, so he was like, he was my first fucking trainer, man. But if you know Paul, it wasn't like, 
it was just like four ounce of sparring. Like I never wanted to fight. Fighting was I never really wanted to fight. But he's like, hey Sean, you're selling tickets. You're selling tickets. You're fighting this day. Show up. Like, All right. Well, all right, Carter. I look up to you. You know, being a dumb fucking kid, like an idiot. But no, nah, man, it was just mostly training. It was training, like just going in there and like. I remember the first time I trained, I got the shit kicked out of me. You know, I was like 14, some like 19 year old beat the fuck out of me. I was all bloody. I remember just leaving the gym, like, man, this is like, I could like, I almost wanted to cry. Like, I was like, this is what it feels like to be happy. You know, this is what it feels like not to fucking hate everything about life. And after that, I was like, I'm addicted to the shit. Addicted. And are you, do you find yourself happy now? Yeah, I'm happy now. I'm happy. Uh, I just, I mean, I like to, uh, you, I could see clearly, you know, I could see clearly, like, I understand that, like, I understand myself to where, like, if I'm in a bad mood, I could just say, hey, you know, like, your chemicals in your brain are fucked up, man, like, don't let it consume you, go for a run, go train, as when you're a kid, you don't, you don't know, you're just, just living it, you're like, what the fuck is wrong, you don't even think anything's wrong with you, you just think that this is your reality, this is how life is, as an adult, I'm like, man, I could really fucking kill somebody right now, I should probably go fucking train, you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's a great outlet to have. Do you have a, a, a steady uh, girlfriend or anything or no? Yeah, no, back in California, man. I, I like, I, I have to like, I, I try to, I try to, I try not to fucking be too alone. Cause like I'm, I'm too alone, man. Like that's the worst thing about when you're an angry motherfucker, you should never try to be alone because it like, you'll just sit in your fucking room and like, fucking hit those thoughts still about it yeah just still about it yeah i know loneliness dude being being alone like being alone is fucking you should never do it it fucking brings out the crazy you should never be alone with your thoughts too long all the things you're saying are good things because they're truthful and a lot of people feel that way and you found an alternative for them and vocalizing stuff that you felt that you go like, Hey, thank God this didn't happen. And I went in this direction that helps people a lot more who are in that spot and they go, wow, there is another direction I can go in. That helps people a lot more than people tr pretending to be polite. I think what you're saying is really good because it's the truth about how you got out of that situation and how you didn't act on it. Um, and that's where you were mentally. And then here you are with a successful fight career, um, living a good life. So yeah, I think it's encouraging to people who feel that way. And that's one of the worst things about society. Like I remember when I was younger, you know, I, uh, this was back when Kamala Harris fucking wanted a bitch, right? She was doing the, um, she did the pretty much like, if you stayed home from school, your parents would be liable. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that, but she lived in California. So pretty much if you were a truant, your parents could be put to prison. So I, I ditched, I was truant all the time, right? So instead of like being around a school environment that could, that could help me fourth grade, I was homeschooled. And it wasn't because that, my mom was like, my son ditches school. He doesn't go to school. If I don't homeschool my son, I'm going to go to prison. So pretty much I stopped going to school about fourth grade, right? Fourth, fifth grade. And I went back in high school and I went back in middle school, like seventh grade. And here I am like this racist, unsocialized, fucking crazy motherfucker, right? So what is what is middle school do? They they look at you and they're like, this guy is a piece of shit. We need to isolate him from the general populace. So what do they do in school? They take all the bad kids and they put them in their own little section of like fuckery. It was called opportunity. You know, you go in like two hours later, you leave two hours earlier to isolate you from like the general populace. And then you go to high school and they do the same shit. So it's like life is like life. If you're if you're a bad kid and you're struggling, the system is really it's not built to help you. It's built to isolate you. 
and to slowly transition you into a correctional facility when you turn 18. <laughs> it's fucked up, man, but I just how society works. Well, look, man, you're obviously uh, you're obviously having a, a good life now. Uh, you're I, I don't know. I, we only have the last uh, how many fights in a row have you won? Are you on a three fight win streak or more? Four fights. Three fights since my accident. Okay, uh, and, th- and you got Uriah Hall this Saturday, uh, who, who we like a lot. Um, and this is going to oh, be a I great. Like, yeah, I like Uriah. He was a man. I trained him back when I was like twenty one. He was the guy that walked through the gym. Oh fuck, he was the guy that knocked out that dude, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I, li- I like him as well. He's a good dude. Oh, so that's got to feel a little trippy now. You, you, oh, that guy knocked him out on the Ultimate Fighter, and now you're fighting him in a main event. I mean, how does yeah. that, that alone kind of feels like he you was made a guy. When you were coming up, you know, he was a guy in the gym, like, I want to spar him. I want to see how I do with him, you know. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a trip, dude, further down the line we're fighting. Fuck yeah, you are. Well, Sean, good luck on Saturday, man. Uh, really great uh, having you on and fun talking to you. And hopefully we're back in studio soon. And the next time you're in New York, you can come in studio and hang for the whole hour. Let's fucking go, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Great talking to you, man. Great to have you on, bro. All right. And nice, hey, Sarah, man, nice, nice talking to you, man. I've always been a fan of you as well. Appreciate that, man. I do. Have a good guy. Take care, man. I was, you know, it's so funny. Before we got on, Antonio's like, "Yeah, man, these guys are real wild, man." He's like, "Just you ever hear him talking?" And and I, there's people I think that certain people think that I'm not going to get along with. And it's the same kind of thing with Mike Bisping. Dana is very uh, shocked that I'm, I'm, I'm cool, very cool with Michael Bisping. He goes, you guys have the two of the shortest fuses I've ever seen. He yeah. goes, I'm surprised you guys are tight. Sean Strickland's another one. I think people might think I wouldn't get along with that guy. I could tell, right? Two seconds into talking to him, I already could see his personality. And believe it or not, Jimmy, I can relate to a lot of stuff he's talking about. Oh, not, I know, uh, you know, killing people, but, but uh, certain thoughts that, that go through your head and that sure. are just, they're there and, and about making the right choices there. And uh, he's very honest. I appreciate Yes, he is. Me I, too. I think that honesty is a breath, breath of fresh breath air. Of yeah, I, I really do. I, I like it. And I'll tell you what, this whole episode was like the fucking honesty episode because Cheyenne, she was great also. Awesome, yeah. That's what I love about this, Jimmy. It's not just about hyping up the fight. We, we I'll tell you right now, we talk more about both of their lives than we did about the fights coming up, but I like to get to know the person a little bit. And uh, I, I'm happy we got to talk to both of them today. That was fun. Yeah, really great. And um, enjoy that a lot. Uh, I enjoyed Sean Strickland a lot, and I, I really enjoyed uh, Cheyenne Bays. So, uh all right, pal, I'll see you in a couple of days. This, this is a great, great car. I'm looking forward to this card even more now. And I do think that Sean will be able to help people with that too. Like when you're honest about things like that and those crazy feelings as a kid and you come out the other side of it, people who feel that way now will listen to you. They'll listen to you about how like, hey man, this is just programming in your head. Not some douchey social worker who has no experience feeling that way, but that's a guy they'll listen to. As we say this, I'm following... Chai Wara Princess. That's Cheyenne and it's Bays, even though it looks like Bays, right? It's Bays, yeah. I'm following yep. her. You know why? I'm a new um, fan. That's why. 
I'm a Philly fan. I was, I'm a kind of an old fan. I was, I was watching the fight. But, uh, and also, just to make sure I'm following, I'm, I should be following Short Strickland, don't you think? I mean, this is important. I'm following him. Of course I'm following him. As a stud. Jimmy, and listen, again, making new friends. All right? Ain't that nice? Yep. Jimmy, I'm on Cameo. Let's do a pro- proper plug. Sure. Uh, August 13th, 14th, I will be in Madison, Wisconsin at the uh, Comedy on State. And you can go uh, get a Cameo, jimnorton.com, cameo.com slash Jim Norton, Chip Chipperson, or Matt, is it Matt Sarah? Is that your actual Cameo name? Just your Matt name? Sarah? Yeah, it's me, Jimmy. Okay. Matt Sarah. And uh, I kind of meant like, you know, the uh, the plug for this fights this weekend. Oh, I thought you meant for us. Well, we're going to be, oh, that's, you know what? I thought we had another I thought we had another episode. I'm thinking today's Monday. I'm such an idiot. Today is Wednesday. Um, yeah, I'm just a stupid asshole. I've been stupid all day. Uh, so let's plug this properly. It is this Saturday, July 31st, if you didn't know. UFC Fight Night. It's Halver Strickland from Vegas um, this Saturday night. So please, how are you going to miss this? I can't, Jimmy, I love when there's a fight night. Me too, buddy. Starts 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, really, really great card, and I'm very much looking forward to this fight. Oh, Ronnie Yaya is on the fucking card. I like Ronnie Yaya. Say his name. I don't want to. What's <laughs> <laughs> with me? You never. You're such a meanie, Jimmy. I apologize. We, are we doing any picks at all? I know we got to go, but I feel actually awful because then they're gonna go. What's the matter? No picks. You didn't do any picks? Sometimes we do them. Sometimes we can do a pick if you want. No, nah, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got me. I'm out of here, Jimmy. I got to go fucking grapple my fucking black belts. Listen, listen. Today, listen. Watch the fights this weekend. I'm going to watch them all. All I got to say is SarahBJJ.com. We're both on Cameo. I lo- Jimmy, eye contact. I love you, my little bird. I love you, Matt, and I'll see you in a few days. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.